This is Fork, Mary Kill, the podcast that forces you to make life or death decisions about food. We propose the ideal version of three foods and ask you to fork, marry, or kill. Fork, 24 hours of gluttony. Marry, a lifetime of pleasure. Kill, you'll never eat it again. We're all hungry. Let's do this. Hi guys, welcome back. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Marley's enthused. Um, hi everybody. Hello. <laughs> uh, I'm Allison and I am joined as always by Brandon and Marley and this is Fork Mary Kill. Uh, we are back, see- I think it's, what are we, episode four of season two already. Um, Very exciting. And we have an amazing, amazing guest uh, today. This is someone I've been wanting to get on the pod for quite some time. Um, We've been friends for years. She's also like just one of the most knowledgeable people that I know about food in general. So I feel like this is nice because... uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll have like a real foodie on on the podcast this week. Um, All and... the heavy lifting won't just fall to you. <laughs> I'm not a real foodie, is what you're saying. Oh. I mean, no comment. I've, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she's also an avid listener, uh, which I love. So everyone, welcome Irene. You, hi Irene. Hello. So nice to be here. So Irene, um, I'm just gonna sing your praises a little bit more before we like get down to brass tacks. Um, so everyone, Irene uh, is pretty much like I don't. It's hard to describe all of the things that you do and know. I've, you work. You've worked in food for years. Um, you had an amazing pop-up series called You Eating, um, which I had the pleasure of eating at a number of times, um, which is all about sort of, and, and hosting, and hosting. butter and yeah. scotch. Yeah, <laughs> which was so fun. Yeah, we did a, a Detroit meets Korean food pop-up at butter and scotch that was so fun, which we'll definitely, I think we'll dig into that a little bit uh, throughout this episode. Yeah, so, and then, you know, COVID happened and you kind of transitioned over to doing these amazing YouTube videos that you've been doing. And I feel like every time I watch them, I laugh and I learn something and I get really, really hungry (laughs) and always like feel kind of pissed off that I just like, you know, don't immediately have whatever it is that you're making in front of me. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, you've been working in like recipe development and writing and food photography. I mean, it's, I feel like the list goes on and I'll let you sort of, you know, elaborate more on your CV, but suffice to say, I feel like you are someone who, you know, is really like doing really cool stuff in, in the food space. So I'm really happy you're here. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Doing too much, doing the most. (laughs) Wondering why I am, why am I doing it all? Why can't I just choose one? For the love, for the passion. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Do you want to tell tell us and like the listeners a little bit more about sort of your, you know, your philosophy and kind of what is driving you behind what you're doing with You Eating? For sure. Yeah. So I started You Eating about six or seven years. No, I started in, in like 2015. Um, and I wanted to it didn't feel like I was seeing a lot of like Korean food um, in the food space that I grew up eating. So essentially, I grew up um, 
all over America. I was born here to Korean uh, immigrants, and I grew up only eating Korean food for three meals a day, and then spent every single summer uh, going to Korea and being there for like three months at a time. So like I lived and breathed and ate Korean food and nothing else for 18 years of my life. And then um, I really sort of went out into the world after that when I went to college and moved to Philly and New York and just saw so much amazing food and was finding sort of comfort in other types of food that was still really reminding me of like the food that I had back home. So I started you eating as a way to explore that because it wasn't just like a personal thing. It's just like there's real reasons why like comfort or nostalgia is like resonating for me as a Korean in a way that like I think is applicable to so many other people. Like you might not be a Korean, but you can still love Korean food just as much as I do. Or that's the, that's the case with like so many different other cultural cuisines. So yeah, I started it as a pop-up in 2015 with my partner, now husband, uh, Nick, Nick Dodge. And we did like over 30 pop-ups in all different spaces, mostly like bars and butter and scotch. Um, and yeah, each one had like its own unique theme and its own unique menu. Every event was a journey. <laughs> we uh, failed, tried and failed and succeeded over and over again. Like every every time it was like a whole new adventure, uh, but it was really fun. And then uh, in, the, in the pandemic, I uh, wanted to sort of, you know, was, we were doing these pop-ups and then feeling like we're reaching like 50, 100 people at a time, which is great, but it wasn't really tangible. It wasn't long lasting. Whoever came to that night would experience it and then they would just be like gone forever, which was great at the time. But I wanted it to be a little bit more like permanent and like put my put my name out there, put my food out there and have it be something that like everyone anywhere can enjoy. So that's why I started the YouTube channel, which is also called You Eating. Also a thing that partner slash husband Nick Dodge is helping with. Um, so we're just shooting them in my house. We are currently shooting recipes from different pop-ups that we've done in the past. And then also um, exploring like the history of Korean food. Like I just started a series about the history of Korean ramen and I'm eating through each ramen as it was introduced into the world so so oh far I've done, yeah <laughs> that's amazing which is really fun it's definitely a journey to be like what it's crazy because like there's so many ramens on the market now and to think about the fact that like the history of instant ramen itself is really not that old and so eating through it and exploring the history behind it it's so cool yeah i love it um well yeah, I mean, we can we can keep chatting about this, but like it does sort of segue right into uh, what I yeah. So in in working on your on your FMK proposition for today, I definitely was torn because I feel like you know so much about so much of what you're doing is sort of about um, kind of marrying or uh, juxtaposing the food that you grew up eating like your mother's food and Korean food with some of the food from the places that you lived all around the States. And like, I loved, you know, our, our pop-up at Butter and Scotch was like so much about that. And it was so cool to see, you know, the, the overlap in some ways between like this whole spectrum of different cuisines. Um, and so, you know, I started like, we were sort of thinking like, how are we going to 
somehow cram this into like a three item FMK. And then I realized that was impossible. And so um, we sort of zeroed in a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I don't know, guys, should we like just get to it? Or do you have any other questions for Irene before we just like dig in? I feel like the FMK is going to yield a lot of further discussion. So I'm down to just launch in if you are. Yeah. I yeah, th- let's go for it. I think if I, I asked every question I had, we would be here all night. So we should just <laughs> go for it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of questions. Very excited you're here. Okay. So one other sort of layer that we've added to the podcast for this season uh, is we have introduced uh, something that we're calling the Wheel of Subs. And basically what that is, is um, if you feel like one of the items that we give you in this initial FMK proposition is just too hard for you to decide, um, you can choose to spin the wheel and we've pre-populated it with a, a pretty extensive variety of other foods that are analogous or sort of related to uh, to the theme. Um, and whatever it lands on, you have to you have to pick. Um, so it's sort of like a, you know, a way out. It's like a lifeline, but it might wind up being actually harder than the one that you're letting go of. So just bear the, bear in mind. Gotcha. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Irene, Fork, Mary Kill, Ramen, Spam, and Duk. Ah, doc rice cakes. Doc, yeah, I don't know how good my pronunciation of that was. But no, I you're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ramen, spam, and thuk. Oh, that is hard. And, yeah. and I will also take this opportunity to say that these are all things that, well, thuk has been around in Korean food for a long time, but both ramen and spam were like introduced into um, Korea uh, during like World War II. So they are like very like kind of uniquely, I feel like Korean American, um, which is very in my wheelhouse. Okay. Yeah. Ramen, <laughs> spam, and thok. I think I would have to marry thok, um, which are the rice cakes. And that is because they come in various forms. They're the perfect starch. They also come in rice or wheat or both. So I think they're very versatile, like a good partner should be. And yeah, I feel like they go with a lot of different things. You can make them spicy, like you do in Korean thakbokki. I use it like kind of as like a sub gnocchi type of thing and like different pastas. You can put it in soups. It's like super versatile. And then I guess I would have to fork spam because it's like so salty and indulgent and hammy and porky. And, like, it's literally, like, I feel dirty eating Spam. (laughs) Because I do this thing where it's all so visceral. Uh, You have the can, and then you crack it open and decide that. And you, like, pry the can open, and then it's, like, a gelatinous pink block. And then you have to turn it upside down and try to get it out. And you're, like, tapping it on the top, smacking it on the... um, There's a lot of, like, foreplay going into it. And then it, like, (laughs) decides to come out. And it goes... Plop. (laughs) And then it's, like, cold and, again, gelatinous. And it's, like, I get that it... You know, she's not cute, but she's cute to me. She's a good personality. I will... I will literally eat, like, I, I slice the Spam because I'm going to, like, cook it. And then I will just eat a part of a cold sliced Spam. And that 
I feel like represents everything that you need to know about why I would want a fork spam. (laughs) (laughs) And then, unfortunately, I think I would have to kill ramen. Not because I don't love it, because I obviously do. But I just feel like it's so bad for you. It's just like Hmm. very... Unlike spam. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is healthy. Yes. (laughs) But I'm only doing one day with spam. Yeah, and, and one and night I'm, if you want. And one night, yeah, 24 hours. And mm-hmm. I'm getting everything, I'm getting out of span, and I'm just like, I will live forever in that memory. But with ramen, it's like, it, it's, yeah, I don't know. They're all just sort of, don't get me wrong again, I love ramen, but they're all like different varieties of the same coin or the same side of the coin. And it's just like, either they're spicy or soupy, and it's, you're just not getting like a ton of, you're not getting a ton out of it. You're just getting a lot of, carbs and sodium and uh, you feel always feel a little sad about yourself afterwards (laughs) (laughs) well that was surprisingly easy for you to do it feels like (laughs) incredible i I know i thought that was gonna be harder um (laughs) but here we are uh oh wait and i think for Brandon, maybe, or and also just maybe some people in the listening audience, we should also explain what these things are, just in case you're unfamiliar. So ramen is, you know, ramen noodles, um, which, you know, I, the packaged versions, you can get different ones. And I tend to actually really prefer the Korean ones. Um, I feel like the noodles themselves are thicker and kind of chewier and just like a little bit bouncier than the thin, like more Japanese ones that you see. Um, But I happily eat any of them. And then, yeah, you can doctor them however you want. And sometimes they're really spicy and you can throw in an egg, you can throw in vegetables. I like to put in some American cheese because there's just not enough sodium in there for me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's ramen. And then, and also there's obviously like from scratch ramen, which is a whole other animal, I feel like, and maybe not what we're talking about here. Yeah, I'm specifically talking about instant ramen, because I feel too. like that's that's where my head goes, especially when we're thinking about it from a Korean perspective. If we were talking about, like, actual ramen, I mean, that's, like, oh, just a whole nother level onto itself. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying, because I was definitely picturing, like, fancy ramen. Oh yeah, right. no, that, I should have. No. Okay. I should have said instant ramen. Let's 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 just say for the sake of this that we're talking about instant packet ramen, which could still be, you know, doctored up to make it like way more delicious than what comes out of the bag on its own, um, and has like saved many a hangover for me. But and then spam is what is spam is an acronym, right? I feel like uh, I read that. I read once. somewhere that it. It's it is like a combination of spiced ham, and then it like oh, it became right. an acronym. Like <laughs> it's like yeah. a portmanteau. I think mm, is that what they right. call that when it's like combinations of two words. And then currently they're calling it sizzle pork and ham or something. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, Which contrary, and then let me like on the record here say spam. When I was a kid, a lot of people were like, "Ew, that's like." When they like grind up all the gross bits of of pork and of like a pig and put it into a can, which I'm like, first off, that's not true. Like there, like people are like, oh, it's like pig buttholes and like pig feet and like stuff like that, which is not true. It's just like pork shoulder and it's spiced. Um, and then even if it did have other parts in it, like you know, people eat pig's feet. 
Parts yeah, are parts. Yeah. Also, yeah, people, people eat, eat hot dogs. What do you think is a hot dog? It's probably like in their hand. Some, <laughs> Cold some cuts are just dogs. as bad. <laughs> yeah, completely, completely. Um, so yeah, so spam is spam. It's a sort of yeah compressed spiced ham meat product that I think is like kind of also indestructible. Like has one of those lifespans. And then talk talk talk. Um, I'm going to get it is well. So this was for me a revelation because I had heard them referred to as rice cakes. And before I actually ever ate one for the first time, I was picturing those rice cakes that like my mom used to give me with like peanut butter spread on top. Like, you know, like the Quaker rice cakes, yeah, like, the like, the, like the crunchy mom rice cakes that are like, you know, yeah. Styrofoam. Oh, I love basically. those. Yeah. I love them too, actually. <laughs> but like, these are a, a completely different animal. It's almost like, I mean, yeah, I feel like it's almost like a pasta, but it's made from rice. And so, yeah, they come in different shapes. They can be sort of these like thick, tubes that almost look like a rigatoni but they're not hollow in the middle or they can be in these sort of flat ovular discs i'm sure there's other varieties but i feel like those are the two that i see the most often yeah and now they have them that you like you can make they have what's called karetok which is like these longer ones that almost look like noodles which you would cut if you desired and then i've also seen these little like ball ones they look like little two little balls put together like tiny barbells and they're like little adorable dok yeah but then there's also actually sweet dok um so dok also refers to sweet rice cakes which are essentially like a pastry or like a confection um and so also made like kind of mochi is would be like also right. a rice cake or dok for example. Um, and yeah, I love them. I find the texture of them. I love anything with, made with sort of that rice texture, that rice base, like anything that's bouncy and chewy like that. But yeah, so if you're picturing like the hippie mom rice cake, that's like a puck of styrofoam with, you know, peanut butter on it. That is not what we're talking about. It is essentially like a delicious, chewy kind of pasta-esque thing that gets cooked usually in sauces. Um, and it's served hot and it's, it's just a whole different animal. So for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Marley, Brandon, do you, do you want to go? I mean, you you seem to know a lot about that. (laughs) You ready? I think I'm ready. I mean, this is actually, I always do this. Like, I'm like, Oh, do this. And then I'm like, I can't decide, but, um, okay. I am going to fork. Uh, I'm going to fork the ramen. Um, I, 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 yeah, it's a little bit of a toss up between the ramen and the spam for me. Similar reasons, Irene, like I just think of spam as like a sort of like, yeah, sort of filthy in a good way food. Like it's so just indulgent and like rich and, yeah, meaty and fatty and like it's it's got especially when it's like when it's been griddled, like when it's hot, it's so delicious. Um but I'm gonna fork the ramen because I feel like ramen has 
kind of been like a ride or die for me. And I don't eat it as much as I used to because my doctor told me that I am borderline <laughs> high blood pressure. <laughs> and so I was like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't be eating like packet ramen every week. Uh, so I've really like, I just don't buy it anymore. And I really like cut back. Um, but there definitely was a period of time where I was like making packet ramen like at least once a week. And it's definitely been like, you know, a staple for whenever I'm feeling like slightly hungover or, you know, skin as they say um and wait so yeah here I have a question for you which is what are your go-to instant ramen brands Mm, okay I like the um the shin black that one is really good but I think my favorite is the it's the one that that says it has real kimchi on the packet I think it's um can't remember the brand so Uh, it must be some sort of kimchi kimchi ramen it is. It's a kimchi ramen, and it's like it advertises on the package that it has real kimchi. Oh, it's Nongshim is the brand, mm-hmm. um, and it's the one that just says, like, kimchi on the packet. That's probably my yeah. absolute favorite one. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So to, clar- so to clarify, Shin Black is a, a, a modern version of the classic Shin ramen, which is also by the company Nongshim. Um, Shin ramen is, uh, like has a red packet and then it has like a black Chinese character on it and that you can find it at pretty much any bodega next to your standard cup noodles. And then Shin black is, they introduced it sort of as like, well, it's supposed to be like the more robust version. It's supposed to have like real beef broth and like bigger chunks of like the dried flakes and then separately slash related, they also introduced a shin ramen for men. Yeah. And for a while, like shin, <laughs> shin black was sort of like marketed towards like for real men, like real awesome, bold flavor, like as if it was like secret deodorant, like the deodorant made for women. This was like the ramen made for men. Brandon, you're covered. Thank God. Finally. I've been wanting to try ramen. <laughs> Um, I also feel like the Shin Black is not quite as spicy as the regular one. I'm not sure if that's true, but it's, I feel like sometimes the regular one is like, and I like spicy food, but I feel like the spice level on that is sort of borderline, like I can't taste it as much. And the Shin Black, maybe it is just that it's more flavorful and so the heat mm-hmm. isn't so like overwhelming or overpowering of everything else. Um, but yeah, like side by side, I, pr- I think I prefer the black, but I didn't know that it was like the butch version. Of I mean, it's, it's not really. There was there was separately like a man's ramen that they introduced. And for a while, the marketing was kind of like male, male skewing, but it's not really anymore or just in general. But a hack for if you find that your shin ramen is too spicy this seems like an obvious hack, but it's like a thing you are allowed to do, which is just put a little bit less powder in it. Don't yeah. put the whole packet in. Yeah. It's also probably good for your sodium levels if yeah. you don't put the whole packet in. <laughs> Especially if you are going to add a slice or two of American cheese, which I advise doing. Um, yeah. So anyway, long story short, love ramen. Love the variety of ramen. And I think, you know, I do look for that in, in my Fork Fest kind of sweet F night scenario. <laughs> I want... I want variety. I want to keep it interesting throughout the 24 hours. So I'm going to fork that. And I am going to marry the tok because I just think it's like a perfect food. Um, I buy it anytime I see it. Basically, it's like one of those things I kind of always want to have in the freezer. And 
I just think it's so versatile, like you were saying. I mean, I enjoy it kind of like in a sort of spicy stew situation, but I've also totally made it, you know, used it instead of just a regular pasta and like a carbonara or any sort of more like Italian style pasta dish. And it's just so comforting and filling and like, I, it's really the texture. Like I'm obsessed with it and I can't, I can't get enough of it. So I'm definitely marrying that. I feel like I could have fun playing with that forever, which means sadly I'm gonna kill spam which I definitely like came to spam later in life. It wasn't something, you know, growing up on Long Island with like a hippie mom who was very health conscious. It was not something that we were exposed to at all. Um, and then I think the first time I had it was go was when I went to Hawaii for the first time when I was like in my late 20s. And uh, you know, it's so prevalent there and it's so delicious. Like, I think I had spam musubi was the first thing that I had it in. And, um, then I used it. I remember doing like a, a dish for some event and it was like an imaginary cocktail or cocktail garnish for like an imaginary tiki drink. Like we didn't actually make the cocktail, but we just made these like really elaborate garnishes and it included spam on like a cocktail skewer with, um, he was like spam and coconut mochi and like pineapple. Oh, wow. It was so good, but yeah, so I love spam, but I'm sorry, RIP spam. Cause I can't give up the starch. I'll take, I'll accept. <laughs> I understand. Okay. What about you guys? Hmm. Brandon, are you locked and loaded? Yeah, I'm ready to go on this one. Uh, I will be also marrying the doc. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm -hmm. The rice cakes. Uh, I actually really do like those, the, the spicy variety. Um, you can find it a lot of Korean places. I mean, sometimes it has fish in it as well, but you can say no fish. I'm down with that. <laughs> and uh, I will be spending my F night with Spam. Never had it. Not a fan of mixed meats. Ooh. I was that guy you were describing when you were talking about the guy. <laughs> no. Talks about buttholes in there. <laughs> uh, but you're probably right. It probably does not. Um, I could have an F night with that. And um, I will be killing the ramen. You know, I've been borderline tempted to try fancy ramen, but um, <laughs> instant ramen, not no real interest. So ah. I will kill that. But I appreciate your openness for going for it with spam. You're like, I yeah. don't know, it, but you know what? I'll give it a go. I'll take it for a spin all night long. Yeah, one, no, night, one night It's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're like, I hate it. You know what? It's all right. Not for me. I yeah. did it. Yeah, yeah. We've That's all... something I've had to learn how to do for this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done Take one, for the one thing we haven't liked for one night, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking about the podcast still? <laughs> Always. Okay, Marls. Well, speaking of one night only, um, I am actually going to parrot exactly what Brandon just said. I am going to have a sweet F night with Spam and have somehow managed to make it to my late 30s without ever having Spam. Which, like, as I'm saying that, it just sounds bonkers like it sounds like something I would love and I'm definitely not somebody who like would turn my nose up at a highly processed beat so I feel like to be fair you have to be like properly introduced to her 
spam is a she and I don't know why. Um, it feels right. Yeah. You're not going to be like drunk at the bodega being like, oh, you know what I should buy right now? Spam. And then you take it home and you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. You just like open it and you're like, am I going to scoop it out? Like, no. Then you're definitely going to be a like. Spoon. Yeah. yeah. Then no, you're you definitely going to be like. You upside down. You wait. You told us. Yeah. Now you know. Then you got to fry it up or you got to mm. chop it up into things like fried rice. That maybe mm. that's like the thing that I would, if you're going to try it, try it on your own, go in, you know, that's how you're going to ease into the, your forking. <laughs> to stick my um, toe. <laughs> yeah. Is, is some fried rice. It's like an easy way. Fry it up in a pan, cut it up into little pieces. What's yeah. your favorite spam? Um, how's, how's it prepared? My, I have two different spam, favorite spam things. One is if I'm, if it's just spam centric, it's going to be like my mom's spam, spam chon, which is just egg battered spam. So she slices the spam and then she batters it in flour and then in an egg wash. And then she just fries that in a pan. So it's sort of like breakfast in like one go. And then that paired with like rice is a perfect combination for me i could literally just eat rice and spam no kimchi no nothing else like that all that's all i would do and then in in a dish my favorite is probably pudetjige which is a korean army stew so that is uh, as the you know the title suggests or the recipe name suggests was like invented in World War II, again, when Spam was introduced to Korea. Um, and it's basically a stew with like ramen and Spam and like baked beans or just like whatever, like, you know, tinned food was like left over that they could essentially just put into like a spicy stew and cook. And then that has become its own dish in Korea now. So you can go to the restaurant, you can order pudetjige. And then spam in that because it like cooks down and becomes like sort of soft and spicy and really delicious. God, I'm like drooling. Okay. That sounds so good. Yeah, I'll take I'll take one of each for my sweet F night. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like I think I'll like it and I'm just like, you know, living on a prayer and betting that I will. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also going to marry the rice cakes um, and this is largely to do with the fact that I ate Popeyes for lunch today which is very <laughs> unusual for me but I just like have that feeling that you have when you eat something really bad for you that you just like feel bad the rest of the day and I'm like I couldn't live my life like this like this is how I would feel if I ate ramen all the time you like feel it coming out of yes. your pores you're yes. like oh I feel oil and you're like get blo- there's like a whole like whole thing in Korea where like you get bloated because you eat ramen late at night at like two in the morning as like a night snack. Yeah. And then you wake up the next morning and you're just like ballooned up and you're just super bloated from it. Yeah. Can't live like that. <laughs> no. And even the like just straight romaine lettuce that I'm planning to eat for dinner is not going to <laughs> counteract it. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a sad funeral, but I'm going to kill ramen. All right. Three for ramen. It's out the door. Yeah, I'm sh- I'm shocked honestly, but hey. I'm shocked too by the words that are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> so, since you didn't choose to utilize the wheel of subs, which totally fair. Um, why don't we do like a little rapid fire and I'm going to spin the wheel, see what comes up and then you can let us know uh and you can tell us about it, let us know if you would have forked or married or killed it, you know, just give us your thoughts. Here we go. 
insert sound effect here. There oh is. yeah, 100%. So what's funny is I can hear the sound effect um, <laughs> because it's like on my computer. Um, okay, so it's landed on uh, Kimbap, um, oh. which, yeah, that's... So Kimbap is a, it, it, it's like seaweed wrapped rice. Um, so it's a bit, it's essentially like a maki. I, I was watching some Eddie Huang show where he called uh, Kimbap like California maki or like Korean maki or something like that. Um, but it's basically like seaweed wrapped around rice, which is wrapped around like vegetables and meat. It, and then it's like cut up. It is a picnic classic. It's a school after school classic. Uh, I think I would probably also marry kimbap because, again, it's like a it's a well-rounded nutritional meal. It feels good for you. You can make different kinds if you're feeling bored. Uh, but at least like literally if that's like that's a good candidate for something like if you couldn't eat anything else and you literally had to eat that for the rest of your life, you would not be in a bad place you would have your carbs you'd have mm. your vegetables you'd have your meat so you're good to go yeah they're really good and it's yeah. like something you see too it like it's kind of like a sometimes a gas station thing right it's like it's a real like easy to go kind of situation yeah they'll you'll they sell it at like snack shops or places where or like supermarkets where like it's like wrapped in foil and the so there was this really cute place near me when I worked at Chelsea Market where is a little Korean run um, kimbap place, but they called it sushi burrito. It was still mm-hmm. just a kimbap. It just wasn't sliced mm-hmm. like that. They just wouldn't slice it. They would serve it to you in like a wrap, uh, wrapped in foil as if it were a burrito. And then you just had to eat it by unwrapping the top and then just like <laughs> nomming your way through it. Yeah. Was it do you think it's better that way? I mean... There's something really fun about being able to like pop perfect slices yeah. into your mm-hmm. mouth and then have, you know, versus having to like chomp, pull off and right. chew. Yeah. Especially seaweed is not quite a tortilla in that in that way. Yeah, it gets <laughs> yeah. soft when it's yeah. wet. So, yeah. it's not like but but I but it, it it's a nice like one-handed snack or one-handed meal. <laughs> Um, well, I also, there was another one that I put in here that I'm just going to talk about because it's something that, um, well, there's a couple, so there are a couple of things I want to just shout out before we move on to your Fork Mary Kill for us, um, which are recipes that I've either like seen you make on your YouTube or that I've had the pleasure of eating myself and that I feel like are very like sort of emblematic of kind of what you're doing with you eating. So there's the uh, Detroit style pizza but like that you gave this sort of korean twist which your video for that is like excruciatingly mouthwatering to watch <laughs> and then also the um the was it like the saganaki tteokbokki right mm-hmm. which you made at butter and scotch and that one i love because it's like inspired by a dish that you eat when you go home to detroit but it's like a greek dish but then it has this whole sort of korean flair so will you just like just to torture the listeners when you talk about those two a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. They ha- all have long explainers, so apologies in <laughs> advance. <laughs> um, but basically, the there's Detroit-style pizza, which is not Chicago-style pizza. 
It is a square shaped pizza that is cooked in such a way. It's constructed in such a way where the cheese goes to the ends. And then it create when it cooks in the oven, it creates this like cheese crust. And then that the cheese is on top of the sauce for no, the cheese is under the sauce. I don't remember. Oh. Sometimes it's one way or another, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Some it, you can do whatever you want. But the cheese, the cheese crust is what it's about. And it's sort of like a square, like grandma Sicilian style pizza. So that's Detroit style. I was born in Detroit. My husband was also born and raised in Detroit. So that was sort of our connection. Detroit style pizza, amazing thing. And then there is Korean pizza, which is uh, a a really fucked up thing. (laughs) (laughs) What? Wasn't expecting you to say that. (laughs) It's what? Koreans think pizza should be, and then it went off the rails. (laughs) I grew up eating a lot of Korean pizza in Korea. Um, There was a company called Mr. Pizza, Mr. Pizza, which um, my grandma would order delivery from whenever she felt like she didn't want to, you know, cook us food. And it's always the characteristics of Korean pizza. It's always very sweet and it always has corn on it. But it's not American sweet corn. It's like Korean corn, which is not very tasty. It's like, it's not sweet corn. American corn is sweet, but corn in other places is not sweet. And then they put like, always put like ranch on it for some reason. Like ranch is not a thing in Korea, except on pizza. I love it. It sounds so good. So we made a Detroit-style pizza with pulgogi, which is like a Korean uh, marinated beef, and corn, and ranch. Cooked that in the oven. It was actually really tasty. It's just all these weird pizza world things colliding. That's like my dream. It's like my dream. So weird. It sounds so good. It makes no sense when you read it. You'd be like, what the fuck was someone smoking when they came up with this? (laughs) And I would say I was not smoking anything. I was just grew up with eating a lot of weirdly weird pizza, I guess. And I was just like, this works. Um, And then the other one, which is Saganaki Takpoki. Again, come on this journey with me, which is that... (laughs) uh, Saganaki is a fried cheese. It's like fried um, kasseri cheese, which is a Greek cheese. In Greece, it is just like broiled and like melted. And then they they serve it with like bread and it's sort of like a dipping cheese. Kind of like, like a little like halloumi, I guess. Um, and then in specifically in Detroit's Greek town, there is a restaurant Nikki's, which when you go and you order their uh, saganaki, it's still a broiled cheese and it's melted. But then they like bring it to your table and then they pour uh, brandy on it and then they set it a flat a fire and there's huge flames and then they yell "opa" and then they put it out with eleven. It's a sh- it's a fucking show, <laughs> and I. Love it so much. Um, we Every time we go to Detroit, we have to go to Nikki's. We have to get the Detroit-style pizza. We have to get the saga, the flaming saganaki. And then we were like, well, what if we put that on tteokbokki? 
Tteokbokki was like the spicy rice cakes, which like, you know, Brandon was talking about earlier in terms of like being able to find that at most Korean places. And sometimes like people put cheese on it. So we're like, let's put kasari cheese on it. Let's pour some brandy on it. Let's set it afire and have some fun with it. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's totally so incredible. It works. So these videos are on YouTube. Yes. So for okay. both of these, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is uh, You Eating. It's spelled Y O O Eating, which is my last name. It's very, it's a very clever pun. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll definitely link to it, of course. Um, yeah, I just wanted you to sort of. I feel like n- nobody who heard that is going to like not go to your YouTube now and watch these videos. So I just, you know, wanted to make sure that we locked that in um, because, <laughs> yeah, I feel like you know they're so entertaining and they're so yeah informative and just like food porny, beautifully edited. Also, we got to give a shout out to uh, to Nick Dodge, your hubs, who um, I also hope to have on the podcast someday. Um, who in his own right is a super talented uh, bartender, cook, and just, you know, food and drink guy. Um, But this is about you. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) I gave Nick his shout out. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I guess, I don't know, guys, should we, um, should we maybe do another little cliffhanger like last week and, and save Irene's FMK for next week? Yeah, I will say, Allison, you oddly didn't like sexualize eating anything this episode. <laughs> I, yeah. Do we want to go back do and just, yeah. do some <laughs> breathy <laughs> moments? So I thought I, you know, I, I kind of thought it would just happen naturally, but then Irene really stole my thunder with the spam. <laughs> right, right. Um, she said everything that needed to be said, honestly. I mean,. Um, yeah, we talked about cool. hot dogs. Well, we have a whole another episode to go. So. <laughs> we talked about hot dogs for a few minutes, and you didn't say anything. So you That's, had your chance. I'm sorry. That is too. I am more sophisticated than that. That is too easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one thinks that. Yeah, I'm sure you do think that. <laughs> oh, I don't really. Um, all right. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much. We everyone, you're gonna have to wait until next week to hear what Irene brought to surprise us with um but in the meantime you can find her on instagram and youtube at you eating y-o-o eating uh you can find us as usual at fork mary kill pod on instagram or um you can email us at fork mary kill pod at gmail.com if you want to leave us a message on our hotline call us at 347-455-0226 Uh, Yeah, and until next week, enjoy the sweet sounds of Lip Biter. Bye, guys. Bye. See you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been a production.